I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello there, everybody. You're very welcome indeed to The Game on Sunday podcast. Michael Lester here with you again. Also joined, as usual, by Tomas Volkahi, uh, who's here with us. We have a special guest again this week, and I'm so delighted that he's joining us because, as a Galway person, and I, I have to say, it feels like I come from, I come from the football side of Galway, but um, but back in the day, back in let's say the mid seventies through to the eighties and whatever. Um, the best of days that Galway people had were from their hurlers and the success that they had back in those days. And we'll talk about that in a moment. The reason that I'm mentioning that is because central to all that was the manager of the time, Cyril Farrell. And Cyril is our special guest here on the podcast this week. Cyril, it's so good to talk to you. How are you keeping my man? How are things? Good, all good. Good to see you all again. I can see yourself and Tomas. You're, you're keeping well. I should look. We're doing our best. Um, let's let's recap on those days because, um, as I said a second ago, there, Cyril, um, growing up in Galway, it was football, 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 football from my side of the county, anyway. And and then through the seventies, the hurlers kind of came on the scene. What what do you think? Involved all that and and made that kind of beginning of a change, if you like. Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing that happened was that that there was a hurling board set up, Mike, and kind of deal with hurling more or less, just to concentrate on the hurling. And for a while, ago, we were involved with Munster, getting no success at all, and they got out of Munster and started improving their underage, kind of got academies going, and uh, that that probably would be the start of it, and it was. A Another 21 final, E.G. Clark, Joe McDonough, that gang were on that. 73 were beaten in the minor final, and 75, the seniors won a, a league final. At that time, a league final would be would be very, very big. And after that, then things started to move. In 78, 
Uh, I was involved myself in one of the 21 final. And the 79 were beating the senior final, but slowly but surely, the, the young fellas were coming through onto the, with, uh, with the older, much more mature guys on the team. And the hurling was getting stronger and stronger from, from then on, really. I suppose, yeah, that, like, sir, sir, could I, could I just come in there? When you, wait, Michael, you mentioned about Munster. Yeah. Did, did you not like coming out to Munster? <laughs> well, I tell you, it's about. Go on, give us, go on, give us the real reason. Go on, were you, were you in charge? I wasn't in charge, but it was very simple. Like the at that time, it was a few here on the team that meet on a Tuesday and Thursday, two weeks before the game, and Tuesday and Thursday again, and didn't expect to win matches. Like should the work, like it, the even give themselves a chance. So that I think the only one once in once or that time now he sees well it was not out. Now like you get a few games. That time only got one. Yeah. So they were they were back on their own. But like the work was was going in at a certain level, but wasn't kind of structured. After that. The hurling board was set up and it kind of just concentrate the hurling board concentrate hurling law. Excellent. Excellent. Now I just thought you might have been afraid and you, you wanted to get out of there as quick as you came down. Yeah. <laughs> well Molkai. Molkai. Go on, you're coming from a football background, oh Lester. You just made it very clear about that. Go on. I just I just want to say something to you. Back back in those days that we're talking about here, the Cyril Farrell era, if you like, uh through the late 70s into the end of 1980s and that kind of stuff. We didn't fear going anywhere. We could have gone to Monster. We could have gone anywhere we liked and we would have beaten them and we did. Yeah, well, the thing was that time, you see, when when we did get eventually a kind of a fairy team going, like if you met Cork or met Tip or whether you met Kilkenny or Wexford or Offaly, you were meeting them like at a semi-final level, and they already had won their championship. They were they were, they had their kind of their their weakness covered over. So you were actually meeting whoever came out was a good team. It's complete. The system is completely different now. I don't oh, yeah, totally yeah. different. Yeah, totally different. And um, like Mr. Lester, Mr. Lester, how many months? Yes, how many of championships did you win? We never, we never won anywhere. We only won one game in the Monster. Actually, actually, actually. Sorry, Tomas. Sorry, Tomas. You 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 phrased that incorrectly. By the way, there. How many color championships did we win? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, now, go on. I, I need... <laughs> <laughs> we, we want a we want a full afternoon on for that, right? Yes, we want a full afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's where you're coming from, anyway. Like you're actually to us coming from a training ground, and you're hoping to have everything right. No, mainly the base would be at the right. You use other pitches, but like 
it had to be very, very right to 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 beat the Munster or Leinster champions. You know what I mean? They were oh, absolutely, sir. I, I I agree with you totally. And and could, like who who was behind the change to decide that this has to stop? Uh, we've got to get our own house in order. You mentioned schools, underage. Yeah, I'd say there was there was a Frank Fahey, Jerry Clarty. I'm going way back now, like before my but they they kind of could see that they were kind of going loved the hurling but going nowhere. You know that kind of way. And definitely, like, John McDonough was involved in when he went back to, to, to brought a group together back to Connemara. Unheard of at the time, but the young hurlers just to get together could include them. But it was after that that the big follow-up came, you know, like, that the change came. And you had the structures, and then, like, slowly but surely, it started to improve. But it, it took a long time, like. The first, to ask, by the way, just, just to mention to you, the, the first time... I'm not saying that it's the first time, but uh, one of the first times I saw Galway hurlers play was this was before you, Cyril. By the way, uh, my my father was a huge GEA man, and he'd go to anything. Kind of, he'd go to to kind of uh, a, a junior match the other side of the world. Kind of, you know. But um, but I remember going down with him one day to Roscommon to see Galway play Roscommon in. Do you remember the swamp? Yeah, I do. The old yeah. pitch, Tomas, in yeah. which is which is not where it is now, and all that kind of stuff. And and the reason we well, part of the reason we went down was the Galway goalkeeper at the time uh, was going out with a neighbour of ours that he eventually married, and all that kind of stuff. But I remember looking at this stuff. John Connolly actually was playing uh, Cyril, uh, yeah. the first of the Connollys in that particular match, and. As you said, guys, a second ago, looking at it, you think to yourself, like, fair play to these lads, but they're at nothing, kind of, you know. So it was yeah. it was kind of weird, you know. Yeah, it was. But even in our time, like, when we came kind of fairly good, you play Tomas, you the first round, you begin to all Ireland B winners. Let's yeah. say, first meet, enter, end. But they'd have under four or five matches. And would you believe it, like, for a lot of the game, because you'd like to be up for the game very much now, you'd eventually beat them. And if you won by 30 points, but they were considered no good. And if you won by a two pints or a bite, you were no good. But like, you still had to jump the fence. They'd always brought up a good show because they had their final one and they had their, they had their team beat. They had a good cut at it, like, you know. Now you get over it, but like, it was always, there was always room for a shot as well. Uh, Cyril, can I ask you, how did, how did you get involved with the whole thing? What was your, what was your motivation yeah, well, for, for getting involved with Galway Harding? I suppose the first thing happened would be in UCG or yeah, UCG that MUIG now. But uh, in there, like as you know, you had fellas from everywhere, and there was a lot of cadets, army cadets from Car, Kilkenny, Tip, and you'd be all hurling mad. And you'd, when we were hurling together, you had Joe McDonald there, you had Joe Connolly, you had Pat Flory, and you know you had a, you had, a, you had a, kind of Kieran Wynn and all these guys. But you begin to realise like that uh, there wasn't much difference between the Cork jersey, Tip jersey and a Galway jersey when, when they were all in the same NUIG jerseys. You know what I mean? I and do. When you became captain then that time of the college right in the second or third, you, you, you had to do the training yourself. The coach, you kind of organised everything yourself. So from there, in 73, 11, they had J.P. Cusick. He was over a minor team in Galway and uh, he was manager. He asked me into, to, would I help out the coaching, which I did. We beat that thing by a point by Kilkenny in the final and that kind of started the the, the college thing kind of started because you were rubbing shoulders like everyone would be talking about winning the Lee McCarthy like you know 
and Tos Gawel, as we heard about it, which was 1923, there was lots about Windham. But then you had Niall McInerney coming in, you had Joe McDonough coming in, and Joe Connolly coming in. You had, uh, you had a Burklet from Limerick. You had, you had fellas from all over the shop coming in. So you begin to realise, like, they were all good, but there was very little difference. Only that they had more belief, really, like, and they were coming from a winning tradition, which we weren't coming from. And that was, that was a big issue, really, at the time. Can I ask, sir, I mean, in terms of a playing background, did, did you play? Were you a corner forward? Were you a yeah, Or were you a corner back? No, no. He was a footballer. Centre forward, full <laughs> forward. In my, I remember one year playing UC, UCC, tell you how little you were. I was full, I was corner forward, all right? And 11 of them at Jody Spoon was full forward. And it was UCC had a good team, a lad called Paddy Barry. I didn't know at the time I was full back. And Spoon said to me just at the start, he knew, he said, you win full forward and I'll go corner forward, all right? And like any high ball coming from Paddy Barry, clean me like. It was very, very good. You know, but, but it wasn't until it was over, I realised. Only since I had was bring him out and kind of run him around with no check. Spooner knew the guy and he knew what he was doing. Like, so he, Yeah, but he, you, you, you you didn't bring yourself out as a third midfielder like you did in later years or anything like that, no? I wasn't fit. <laughs> I had to get that in. I had to get that oh, in. Good man yourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Coming on, sir, to, let's say, uh, just the mid-80s, mid-70s, sorry, uh, just to kind of put a point on it, uh, did you see a change at that point in Galway early? Well, then, you see, in 72, we call it Iggy Clark's team, Andy Fenton, these guys, they won an under-21 at the time. Now, I, I college team was in the mid-70s. I saw a change coming, like, what if it's given, kind of win the round, kind of win finals, playing against... That time now, there was only a few university teams. Like, for example, a minute and a half back, like, of Sean Stack, Sean Silk, and Iggy Clark. That was yeah. like, you know, they, 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 yeah. they had to, they were, they were, it wasn't as spread out as it is now. You become kind of against strong teams. And in the mid-70s, um, I was asked into coach, an under-21 team that were well beaten the year before and well beaten as minors. But when we got them working together, they, they turned out to be a powerful team and we actually won. And from then on, you were kind of, you were kind of getting thinking, look what, these guys are good enough to be under-21. It's very near senior and it's like, you had the John Connolly and these guys are all nine back in early. If you could ever put the two of them kind of more or less together, you'd be kind of, you'd, you'd have, you'd be there, there about, or you felt you would anyway. And then moving forward from that towards the end of the 70s, because you were, as you said yourself, you were close enough. You weren't too far off. Like, Galway were were in the mix, if you like, but not quite there. Yeah, well, I'd like to get 79. We played Kilkenny in the final. Babs Keaton was the coach. There was a Sean Conroy, chairman of the selectors, and I was was doing the training, the physical training. And uh, we were beat by Kilkenny, a very wet day. And we, we there was a reception in the green eye. You were probably out of Michael yourself. And the lads were piped in. But I felt, no, I wasn't, you know, we were all down now. But I felt I was the only one that was hurting. Like, I was sober as a judge. The boys were kind of drinking, you know, using. Yeah, okay. yeah. One or two going, glasses, certainly, yeah. That's all. I remember going back to a flat in Dublin. And I said to my mate at the time, Roger Cannon, who died since tragically, I said, I tell you what, Roger, if I'm ever involved again, no, that was a big hit because I was in Dublin. I wasn't thinking of being involved. I said, if I ever am, I said, and we lo- and we get that far and we lose. I said, every one of them lads will be crying with disappointment because I'll have driven them to the ground. Do you know what I mean? I had this thing in my head, like, are they hurting at all? Which was the wrong way to look at it. But I felt I was the only one hurting. You know what I mean? Now, little did I think I'd be back in the following year because I was in Dublin and, you know, I didn't think I'd be even nominated. But there was no cue for the job. I remember there was no sure. cure. 
Yeah, but I, th- I, I, I think, sir, you had beaten Cork in 75 All-Ireland semi-final, and I yeah. beat him in 79 All-Ireland yeah. semi-final as well, after but Cork yeah. winning 3 0 yeah. 76, 77, 78. So that was, yeah, a, that, was a, that was a good achievement in itself, wasn't it? It was, but like, it was the right to Moss, but it wasn't looked at that way here. It was, but we're saying, all oh, the same old story. Uh, like, you know, here we go again, no All-Ireland. Like, at this stage now, the, we'd say the John Connolly's and these guys, the Sean Sears, they were moving yeah. on. Like, they were getting very mature. But, but anyway, I got a call, and I think it was a Tuesday morning, or Monday morning, the school in Dublin to know would I, would I let my name go forward to become manager of the Gold team. Now, there was no contest, you know, there was no queues, no contest. And try, I kind of said yes without even thinking of the problem. Noel Tracy or Amy Lartmerson, he was he was high up on the board at the time, later becoming a TD, and you become very involved. And I had my, I knew what I was going to do, you know what I mean? I knew from 79, I yeah. knew that the team, I had a big advantage that way, and I was going to, I was really going to change that, but in a sense, I was going to make them feel, even if they mightn't be, I was going to make them feel that they were going to be the fittest team in the country. I believed we had the Hurling, but I didn't ever bet we were kind of fit enough. I make them believe the big thing was to change the mindset that we had the right to win as much as everyone else, or say, if you take over Cork, you're expected to win. If you take over Kilkenny, you're expected to win. Whereas Galway, take them over is okay if you need okay. I was trying to change the whole mindset that we wanted to win and we're going to be fit enough to win. Now, that was that was the big thing in my head coming from the year before. I had that advantage. You mentioned there, Cyril, just, just on a slightly different note, if you like, um, the the day, the night in the Green Island Hotel in 1980 yeah. when you won the All-Ireland and all that kind of crack. Just, yeah. just as I said, this is just a personal kind of thing. Um, but back through the seventies, I was working uh, to most in the Chum Herald, and yeah. back in the seventies, Galway, Jesus Christ, they, you couldn't have so much more luck unless you bought it. Okay? You know, um, they lost to Offaly in was it seventy one? They lost to Cork in seventy three. This is the footballers, by the way. Just say seventy three um, football, yeah, yeah. Um, in 74, they lost to Dublin. In 75, as Cyril mentioned, they lost uh, to Kilkenny. And in 79, lost. And I used to get tickets from the county board in Galway to go and attend all these events and all that kind of stuff. And I got the tickets for 1980, Cyril. And I gave them to a friend of mine. And I said to myself, I'm not going to another one of these shite things. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I, I found I found myself, Cyril, at about 12 o'clock at night, outside the doors of the Green Isle, trying to blag me way in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, sure. Like oh, when, you, yeah. when you win, it's lovely. But as you say, when you lose, even coming home to the reception, and you get a great reception, but God, it's the last place you want to be like when you lose. Like, you know, the, ah, sure, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, everyone, we want to get that, like, you know. I know, yeah. Talk to me, Cyril, about 1980, because clearly this was this was a such a special year uh, in Galway Harding, in Galway history, if you like. Um, talk to me through that, that year and that setup that, that got you there. Well, you see, I had Inky Flaherty as selector. Now, he'd be the older regime, but everyone said to me, you won't be able to work with him. But I found him brilliant. He never bothered me at all. Like, you know, he he wanted the best for the team and whatever I wanted, he let me bang away. Bernie O'Connor, I knew well and he kind of knew yeah. the book. You know what I mean? So I remember having the first meeting with the players and in Attenry. Now, you'd know the old galvanised uh, dressing room that were in Attenry. We had a little puck round and started in. I chaired the meeting. I sat on the table myself and got every fella to talk. Some guys would be well able to talk, more guys, but I made every lad speak, you know. And uh, 
I was kind of chairing it and kind of drawing it out of fellas. But anyway, I remember forget PJ Malai was in a corner of the restroom. He'd always sit down in the same corner. The next thing he hopped up of a sudden was he, we were coming to the end and he hopped me by, by off guard and he lifted me off the table up into the air. And he said, are you telling us that we'll win the All-Ireland? I said, I'm telling you, we'll win the All-Ireland if you do what I say. I said, we'll be the fittest team in the country. We have the hurling. We will win. No, this started from there. So that broke up to me. So that was the first kickoff. Now, what, you, what time of the year was that, sir? When, when, did, when, did, you, when did you have that meeting? Was that post Christmas time or January, February before a National League or? End of October. November, End of October. October. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was easy to say it. But like, uh, I knew what I wanted from the year before. You know, I knew the panel. I knew the kind of guys that I wanted and I had my mind kind of made up on certain fellas. Now, maybe it was wrong or right. But like, when you win everything, right? if you lose everything as well. But like, I knew what I kind of had to have. And I, I, I hit hunted certain, certain. I went out to Michael Kennedy's house. He'd been dropped the year before. And I, I stayed in his house until he agreed to come back. Oh, he's, a, still, he's still a gentle giant from Septon and wife Marie. And he said, I can't go back. My back is at me. We, we talked until three or four o'clock. We had tea, biscuits, all that. In the end, I persuaded him. I said, look, I'll have you training on your own. I will do little bits, don't be hard on your back now. He still had to do it. But like I needed him back because I just felt he was part of the jigsaw. Uh, tomorrow on the big day tomorrow he'd be very good. On the ordinary day, he wouldn't be good. But God the big day he'd be unreal. No, he he was a big man. So he was like, a huge man, Mike. He was a huge yeah. man, yeah. A huge right. man. Yeah. yeah. Like when he straightened up, he didn't have to jump up with the ball at the crossbar, just landed into his you know, that kind of but I yeah. got him back. I did him little pieces back. And the first training session we had Real training session was on the 6th of January. Now, that time, the 6th of January was a holy day. It was a, uh, an obligation day, like it was a day off. And I had contacts with UCG. So we played UCG in a match in Karen Moore. Uh, very wet, very mucky. And we did the physical stuff afterwards, and I trained both teams. Now, what they didn't know, I put them on the... Like, that time for an all Ireland. now, you wouldn't be getting many handouts. You might get a bit of a track suit, but other than that, you wouldn't be getting stuff like, you know, like, you know. So... Trained away for about half an hour afterwards, and I made sure it was donkey work, covered, hooked, everything else, into the dress rooms. And I had the groundsman told, had the showers on, but no hot water. Now, I was skipping mm. up that could because the boys, like the one there was much gear. So, of course, when they came in, they went straight for the shower and cold water. And they, they could, I was skipping off there. I said, that fucker, fucker, where has he gone to? Like, <laughs> but I was trying to say to them in my own way, like afterwards, the training is going to be different. That's going to be dog rough. You're going to go through hell for a while. That's what's going to take, you know. So, like that—that that was the start of the of the rough training. We did we did sessions in Fahey's field, and I knew the other players would be getting on to Inky Flaherty, who did know and they said to me, "He'll kill us." And I said, "Inky, don't mind. They can die there if they want, and they'll join in again. They're okay. Don't pass marks." Like the crew, it, it be considered, I don't know, it be considered cruelty to animals now if we did what we did. But like just to get into their heads, make them <laughs> that were fit, you know, really fit, like. So you broke you broke all Crow Park rules by going back post uh, pre Christmas with your yeah. team meeting and then there was no January on a on a on a on a holy day you took the team training. But there was no there was no rules that time. I remember there was there, 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 oh, you... there was rules. All right, sir. There was rules. <laughs> no, no. But like we played the league and tried out a lot of the seventy eight under twenty one fellas. We played Limerick in the league, and I think the bees over twenty points or more above Limerick. But we had a different team out for the, when the championship came there. But we kind of knew what we wanted. Uh, See, a lot of people thought it was the same 1979 team that played in 1980, but it wasn't really. Backs were really changed. Like, Mike Keneally was in goals. Jimmy Cooney, Larcher Merson was cornerback. Seamus Cohn was on wing back. You know, we had we had kind of a different, was a different to the team in the backs especially, you know. 
Are you suggesting there, Mulcahy, that you guys down in Cork were obeying the rules? Ugh. Hey, Michael, there the call. Oh, all, all the time, Michael. <laughs> we went back. We went back in March, getting ready for the season, right? And um, no gyms, but we. I look to be fair. We did make sure we had a bit of hot water. What wasn't the hottest? Like there was probably no quarm, but yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, we did, yeah, yeah. Water after that, though, there's only for one session. Ah, brilliant! But can I just say, just in, in terms of 1980, sir, right? Any time you see 1980 and you see the final, and obviously the, the speech by by Joe Conley himself and stuff like that, it it it, it does put get the hairs on the back of the neck standing up and um, for me looking at it because it was an, an incredible occasion and you know the old crow park the crow that was there Jesus you would fellas climb on the wire yeah. getting over the wire to get onto the field it, it, it must have been something special for yourself and for the team obviously I uh, well it was it, it was very very big like and should have come home with them that night like you know and you know that time Tomas used to meet the next day in the hotel in the borough yeah like we hadn't ever been used to going to a hotel winning, you know. We were, were were used to going losing, but not when the team was like, and it was it was unreal. Like, should have, like we we celebrated for the good winter. That was going to happen anyway. You see, by the time we won to Moss, that team was moving on. The the the, the we say the the bones of that team were were at the end of their career rather than at the beginning of it. Like, and the, the slowly but surely the thing changed in the game. Like, because you had the under twenty ones and minors coming through. Like Mike referred to the eighty three. Mike, a lot of them less came. Won, won another 21 in, in 86 and, and progressed onto the CLT. You had, by the way, Cyril, ju- just uh, mentioning it there, um, a couple of weeks ago down in St. Thomas's in Galway uh, at the Championship, you had a special presentation for the Daisy 3 team. Yeah. Did you were on Brogdon. Yeah. Yeah, it was coach John Fahey was the manager. I was asked to coach and select with the boys and we had, we had a lovely setup. We had three we had three priests so we couldn't go wrong and we had the other... <laughs> <laughs> we drew the semi-final and, and the final was against Nile Queens Dublin now we had a strong team which was a terrible day but uh, it was a great we had been in a lot of finals Michael up to that and never won one and once we won one the flood gets up but we had a lot of very good hurlers in it like when you look back now John Collins came off the team Sean Tracy Malone Jerry McInerney Joe Cooley Anthony Cooney a terrible lot of fellas came you know through that team and afterwards like and uh you know, they, they kind of they were they were the backbone of, of the mid eighties panel of the senior team. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, let's walk you forward because as I said uh, at the beginning of this podcast, uh the success that Galway had through through the eighties and uh, the not not just the All Ireland you won, but also other stuff like league uh, the cups, uh, the um the railway cups as they were at the time, sir. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. so like Essentially, you guys were winning everything. Um, yeah, well, Michael even toppled the Red Cup. That time in, in 1980, we won the first Red Cups, 1940s. And that time, the Red Cup was big. You know, you, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. I remember going back to Bandeslaw, to the hotel in Bandeslaw, I got Hayden's Hotel that time, because the meeting place all the time. And like, sure, we had a great night in it, and the lads filling the cup. And when you start drinking out of the cup, they couldn't drink it right because they didn't realize that there was actually a hole in the base of the cup somewhere. So when they turned it off, <laughs> <laughs> oh, go Asian, wouldn't realize that. Oh, it was a big thing to, to win the Rebel Cup. Was big. But, I, but sir, that, that Rebel Cup then, was that predominantly Galway? Was there yeah. a presentation from We'd have, which or, used common or male? Or? Yeah, which usually had. There, was, there was one male guy on it, yeah. I think, tomorrow, oh, wasn't there? So. Yeah. Oh, Henry. Great Horner. Great Horner and family. Yeah. 
past. They, they would be stronghold and house, uh, household or house area the whole time. Torino would be good the whole time at Hurling. Very strong. Yeah. And he was he was a very good hurler. Would get on any team, but he he was the, he was kind of more the sun on the panels the whole time, like you know, more or less. I don't know. I would say. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a big competition that time. It certainly was. Uh, going forward, so um, in terms of the Sunday game, because obviously, as a successful manager and high profile and all that kind of stuff, I suppose you were you were. Um, an obvious candidate from one point of view to to come in and join us on the Sunday game panel and all that. Um, how did you feel about that? And the reason that I'm asking you this is because back in the day when you were the Galway manager, uh, you were very, how would I put it? Defensive. Anti-RT. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, was, no. Sir, Sir was was he was slightly defensive. He wouldn't he wouldn't give you too much. He wouldn't give much away, kind of, and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. So, yeah. Well, like, you'll be defen- you'll be defensive of the team. I would always feel like that, uh, you know, compared to Cork and to and these people west of the Shannon would be shy if they're good or kind of nearly on a judgment. Sir, Arnold is shy. Oh, oh my well. I mean, no, but I, oh. I, that's like you know. To feel confident and okay, maybe not give much weight to pay like papers and that like as you know the right the right up of that if he's going well if he's going bad you know just the other way you have to be able to take all that like you know so like it's he's even got tighter since it's like since our time because no they're not allowed oh, to sure but like that like we we were coming from a losing position if you know what I mean like and that like it was to change the, the the whole mindset and as I was you say maybe not to give too much weight but going to the Sunday game. I love what I was doing. Tis he like his Tomas and tell you, tis much easier to do outside the wire than inside the wire. Tis 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 a different game altogether. Like when you'd like the game, it, the, the Sunday game wasn't the job. I just loved where we were at. Like I'd be going to the games anyway, so it was really kind of enjoyable. I loved every minute of it. The thing about it is, like what I loved about that uh, scenario. A lot of people talk about the football uh, thing, like um, Colin Moore with Pat Spillane and Joe Brodie and all that kind of stuff. But you guys on the hurling were, in my personal view, equally as good. Guys like yourself, Cyril, um, and then subsequently, I suppose, others that joined in and uh, all the rest of it, kind of, you know, and, and Tomas, obviously, being one of them. And all Thanks, my God. Yeah, but I mean, like, there, there were great panels. I, I, I have to say, I always, I always enjoyed working on those panels simply because I knew... That I was working with guys who who knew what they were talking about, who had the credibility and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I, I'm sure you guys, the both of you, um, I hope must have enjoyed being involved in all that as well. Yeah, well, I must admit, like say, Tomas there, uh, like Jerry Lucknan, you know, Shady, uh, yeah. Danny, these guys, Michael, Michael Dykes, they were great crack as well. Like, we had great fun, you know what I mean. The show was, you had to be, you had to do research, you were at the match, you had your notes, you had your, you know, you had, you had all the technicians helping you, but outside of that, we had great banter as well, and like, sure, with look, Nan, he'll be cutting across and daughter, he'll be cutting across as well, and he might say, what are we going to fight about tonight? Like, you always knew he was going to be, you know, he was going to go the opposite way, like, but that's what you want, I felt that's what you wanted, and it, like, you'd know from talking to people down the country that by the show. Oh, just 100%, no, no question about that whatsoever. 
Yeah, yeah Michael, but I, I think I think as well that you, you you must take a lot of credit in that as well because oh, you gave us the bit of the leeway and and the freedom to go and express ourselves, right? Uh, as Cyril said, we didn't have as much as the the laptops or the iPads or the iPhones or or the technology side, and and it was very much off the cuff in terms of you expressing yourselves and your thought in the game, and if it meant having a bit of crack and having to go off each other, like. It came to the stage, I think, between the three of us, sir, and 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 Jar. At one stage, we were afraid, we were kind of half afraid to talk before the match because <laughs> if you give away any information, either Sir or Lachnan was going to be the first to spin it out, <laughs> right? And so you kept your you kept your mouth shut as much as you could, so that you know you might be able to get one over the two lads when you go to the studio. But you you were brilliant to that, and you could sense that, and you could you 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 let it go, you know. And I think. Like I, I think, sir, you were on. I mean, the day of Marty interviewing Brian Cody in yeah. the dressing room. Yeah, I yeah. mean that that was priceless. I mean, that was gold television. And Michael, you enjoyed that yourself, but we couldn't be consoled in, in in studio. And I think that came across to the viewers on the other side. Yes, we were very serious about hurling. We were very serious talking about the game, but there was a bit of fun and there was a smile and there was a bit of crack there as well. But I'd always do. They'd be asking us, what's Michael Lister like? And I say, look, he's he's the conductor of the orchestra. He he conducts where we go. Like you, he dictates the whole lot, really. And as as you say, the Tomas, like you know, Michael was the was the was the master of the. You know, he he kind of pushed down the lines where to go, and he just let us kind of bang away. But he still had to say it and control the whole lot, which you had to as well. Like otherwise, you know, the end all together. Well, I I I'll tell you one thing is that, and and this, by the way, is not clapping myself on the back. I sincerely hope it isn't. But if if some of you guys, I always insisted, as as you guys know, that you you didn't wear earpieces, uh, yeah, because I didn't want you guys listening to what the director of the program or the producer of the program had to say, and and that's not the application now because if you watch anything on television, sports wise. Um, you can see yes. they all have earpieces and they all have to, to listen into whatever. I insisted that you guys never wore any of that kind of stuff. That, in other words, the only person that you listened to, or right or wrong, was me. Um, you can't believe sometimes some of the shite that I used to have to listen to in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think we got a smile with a first hand of that in terms of when you did a bit of folk commentary, <laughs> when you did a bit of folk commentary and you're the headphones on. Oh, my Jesus. And the outside broadcast would tell you, oh, make a comment, make a comment quick, right? You know, so, um, yeah. But no, I know. Yeah. yeah, it was a relaxing look. And that's not taken away from the modern where television has moved on, analysis of it, and yes, you got to accept yeah. that. But back then, we, we, had, we just... You really looked forward to going into the studio and you had the crack. And traveling around the country, Michael, it was, was the best thing ever, right? That you weren't in the studio in Dublin. You were going to Turles, you were going to Killarney, you were going to wherever you were going to Limerick and going to it was it was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, really I, absolutely, I absolutely Tomas loved every second of that because that happened back in the early nineties. And yes. um and when Sky Television started doing the Premier League and all that kind of stuff, Tim O'Connor was the head of sport at the time in RTE. And and Tim called me into the office one day and he said, uh, I think we'll go live with GA coverage. I've got a bit of an agreement with, uh, with Croke Park to do this kind of stuff. And I said to myself in my head, 
there is absolutely no way this is going to work. You know, it might yeah. work for, for Premier League or because it's an international uh, product and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, but anyway, Tim was dogmatic and, and, and went ahead with it. And, and sure, look, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to GEA and the Sunday game and, and still is kind of, you know, so it, it's been, it's been fabulous. Yeah. Look, uh, even, even with Cyril, like Cyril, like we, we were all kind of maybe came up with sayings, right? Either Cork, Cork, uh, he's very good by or, you know, or liked and, um, like same as our, our sir, you'll be kind of came famous for the rusty hardling and as such, like, so I thought I'd meet someone is, and it's it. How is as such? I said, wait on about your buddy on the TV, right? You know, rusty hurling. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, the toy, the toy you were wearing was shocking. Jesus, where'd you get the toy? You know, uh, you got that sort as well, I presume. Yeah. Uh, I could hang myself with the goddamn toy. I mean, it was, it was more or less loud, but. But what Ross is there, the Michael is very true. Like we we really enjoyed it. Like we're caught from hurling in. But I'd often go back to the stats, even though I'd be saying to the fellas, if you need stats on the sideline, you shouldn't need stats looking at a hurling game or a football game. You should have it in your head. And if you're going to have to need stats, they're okay for the Tuesday night. But I'm not doing the game because let's have so many lads in the rear. No, I don't know how to operate it on. I'm talking about the, on the, the, the minters on the sideline. Like, but they're all wired up. Like, like going to Mars or <laughs> ah, sure. Yeah, look, but but as you, as 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 Tomas said there a second ago, I suppose like lads, everything moves on, kind of, you know, and it doesn't mean that that we were better than today oh, is or whatever the case. No, is. no, absolutely. Things, things change, yeah. You know, things, yeah, things change, change, yeah, and you got to accept change, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I I can't actually uh, fully believe that it's almost five years since I retired from the Sunday game. You know, um. So it's it's kind of weird, um, but anyway, uh, at least you got the opportunity to retire, Michael. Yeah. Well, I I I was a, a full time employee in RTE, so I came to the I came to the age of sixty five, um, four years actually it is, um, and that was it. Like it was as simple as that. I knew yeah. I knew in advance like when my time was up, so um, they didn't get rid of me. Uh, they probably would have, but anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> you're laughing, sir. I like your laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Cyril Farrell, what's the crack these days? What are you up to? Would you believe since I left RT? Look at I'm busy doing nothing. If you know what I mean, There's the, the neighbour might up here as a few old horses. I tip around and give in the morning. But like, um, go with. Are you riding out the horses in the morning, sir? I'm not able. I'm barely able to walk them up the mind ride them up. But like. <laughs> I, I've been involved in Apple Galway Bay doing co-commentaries or analysis of the local hurling scene. Um, yeah, yeah. With the county gone, the hurling, you know, there's a split season. And then with the county team. So I'm still heavily, I'm, I do all the matches the whole time. So we, like Galway, we're soon starting again, the league and then the championship. And then the clubs thing starts again. And the club is very active in Galway. It's, it's all over now, like, you know. So you wouldn't feel it start. There's a few months kind of now that it's, it's just gone quite. But then after that, in the... With Galway Bay and like with that, they cover all the Galway matches and all the club games. Give you a white cover. Yes. The streaming like it has become very popular down here. Anyway, it has become really like if you're if you're okay if your club is involved, you go to the match. But if, if they're not involved, the neutrals you stay at home and watch it and, and and enjoy it. Like you know, it's kind of it's a great system to have and it seems to be going very well. Oh, hundred percent. There's no question about that. Um, listen, guys, fantastic to talk to both of you again. Um, 
thorough. I've only, I've only one, I've only one complaint. Oh, Mister Lester, right? And and you're the host, right? And uh, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned the seventies and you mentioned the eighties, but geez, like, you, went, you went through the eighties very quick. The nineties, well. Well, I, 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 no, no, you went through it very quick now, and look, that's okay. We, maybe that's. But I, hang on a second. No, hang on, hang on yeah, a second. Yeah, 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 hang on yeah, a second. Yeah. I didn't go through it. I didn't go through it that quick, uh, because in actual fact, if you look, if you count back the number of all Ireland's Galway won in the eighties, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, national leagues, railway mm. cups, as we spoke about. Cups, yeah. What's your answer? Silence on the other end. It's falling from Gork, obviously. So that was the end of that story. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Just, I was only a reference, a reference point. That's all. That's all. That's all. Well, well thank you for your contribution. Yes. <laughs> uh, best of luck to the fellow who will be taking over from you. But anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir. My things never change. Relax. Like, that's been signed to something in studio. It's great to hear. It's great to hear. It's great to hear you, Paul. God bless. Listen, that. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Um, we'll see you all, folks, hopefully again on the next episode of the Game on Sunday podcast. And uh, looking forward to that. Of course, uh, again, to our special guest here today, Cyril Farrell. Cyril, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem. Good to talk to you, Cyril. Best Good of luck. This was my lads. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.